following is a Northern State Podcasting production. It's time for the podcast that promises to catch you up on all the news and notes from the Seattle sports scene in 40 minutes or less. It's time for Rain City Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Rain City Sports. I am your host, Jared Johnson, and I'm excited to be back. This is episode seven. What, what, seven. And today, we're going to talk about several different things, including the Mariners' red-hot start to the season. Uh, They're in first place right now. Not that we're very far into the season, but still something to get excited about. Should we be excited? Uh, then we're going to jump into the Seahawks and their offseason continuing. And whether it's safe to start worrying about Russell Wilson and whether he wants to be a Seattle Seahawk. Um, then we'll, we'll, we'll pass a question off to our homies over at Fairweather, Fairweather Friends. Then we'll also jump into the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Washington Huskies in the NCAA tournament. And without further ado, let's get going. Okay, so first things first, we start the show off with the red hot Seattle Mariners. Uh, started off the season eight and two, and they're in first place by two and a half games over Texas Rangers and the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the the Astros and the Angels sit back a little further. Uh, the Astros are three and five. The Angels are three and six. Um, they they started off the season real good. Um, offense looks amazing. Uh, they went in and swept Oakland from Japan in Japan. Uh, we that was right before our last show, and then uh, then they started playing the Red Sox and they took three out of four against them. Uh, really should have took all four. Um, the bullpen blew uh, the game in the like ninth inning, uh, one of the games, and that that really obviously was the difference in sweeping them. Then they went and swept the Angels. It was just a short game, two game series also. Um, but they did that, and then they now they've headed to Chicago. Took one, took two out of three, one out of two. I think they only took one out of two. They got the third one tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. But so far, they've scored six runs at least in every game except for one, and they won the game that they didn't score that many runs in. So that's pretty amazing. Um, some of the standout players so far. Uh, have been Tim Beckham batting 410 with four home runs, 11 ribbies, and five doubles, which is pretty amazing. Good start for him. Uh, obviously, he he's looked awesome. Um, and then Domingo Santana batting 286, four home runs, 14 RBIs, and has a couple doubles himself. He has also looked really good, um, and he he's a guy that I feel like could build they could build around in the future more so than maybe Tim Beckham, who's who's not young. He's not an old guy, but he's not young either. So Domingo Santana's a bit younger than him. Uh, Ryan Healy also having a great start to his season, batting 289, three home runs, and 11 ribbies. Um, he's looked real good. Bruce, Jay Bruce, doing exactly what I was hoping for, raising that stock, getting it, getting it high so maybe he can get traded for some good prospects at some point. But he has five home runs and 10 ribbies so far, mostly solo home runs, unfortunately. But 
but still looking real good. Um, Ryan Healy batting three, batting two eighty nine, three home runs, eleven RBIs, just killing it. I mean, the, it just keeps going on. Oh, I, maybe I already said Ryan Healy. Well, if I didn't, then Vogelback, he's only played a couple games, but he's batting three sixty four with a couple home runs. Also, homered in the Chicago series um, to tie the ball game the other night. Really could have won that first game. Also. Um, against the Chicago, they were ahead. They'd come back, brought it back, and then took the lead, but then gave up the lead. The bullpen has been a wreck, um, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, as far as starters go, it's been mostly pretty good. Uh, most starters get into about the sixth inning at least, and then the bullpen usually struggles. And by that time, we usually have, it feels like we have a lot of runs. Um, and, and so we have a lead, and then we, you know, we struggle with that bullpen, but uh, and also the defense has been a massive struggle. Uh, going back to the Boston series, Hunter Strickland blew that save that we would have that would have helped us sweep the Red Sox. Uh, he blew that save, and then from that point, he went on the injured list the next day for what they say is a couple of months for a lat strain, if I remember right. Um, but so he's he's out for a while. They've they since have acquired a new closer or a new reliever called, named Connor Sadzek, who's who used to be in the Rangers. Um, he's a 27 year old pitcher who has not pitched in the major leagues much. He has nine career innings, but an ERA of .96 in those nine innings. So that could be okay. Everybody, from what I've heard, and he actually pitched today, but he has a real good fastball. He's just his command is his problem. So we'll see how that goes. But as far as pitching goes, um, the the starters have been pretty good. The bullpen just struggles. Um, and, and actually, just as much the defense struggles. And so with that, the defense, I mean, Jay Bruce has two airs. Healy has three airs. Both of those guys, to me, are playing out of position. Uh, Jay Bruce has been playing first base. Healy's been playing third with Seager out. I just don't feel like they're in the right positions, but I know Healy's played third base, but he's not a third baseman or even if he, he's a, he's a emergency third baseman to me. So then they also have had the young guy, David Moore, who had three errors in one inning, um, in a game. That one was a little bit, um, of a freak thing to me. So I'm a little less worried about that than some of the other defensive woes. Like Tim Beckham, even five airs so far already in this young season in 10 games. That's pretty terrible. Um, then you go to – he's been making it up for it in offense for sure, and so have the other guys in a lot of ways. But still a little something to be worried about. Um, as far as starters, Marco Gonzalez, 3-0, and 3.2 ERA so far. He's been pitching pretty good. Uh, the first two starts mostly – came down to uh, he pitched he struggled early and then he would get get things going and work into the sixth or fifth sixth inning and then this last start he pitched eight and a third and absolutely dominated it was a thing of beauty so hopefully we get more of that uh, Kikuchi has been pretty okay uh, he, he's had some bad defense behind him, at least in this last game that I watched him pitch. Still looking for that first win in the American uh, baseball side, but he's looked pretty decent to me. 
batters are still only batting 238 against him, which is pretty good. Um, it's just a matter of getting that defense to the side and also getting some run support. And he also pitched the game where they had a three-run lead in the ninth and blew the save So against Boston. So uh, what can you do about that? Leak has been exactly what I feel like Leak is. He's been a good middle-of-the-road rotation kind of guy, just consistent, pretty not you know great, but not bad. Pitched today, pitched real good actually today, but still got to about the sixth and maybe sometimes the seventh, but he just knows how to pitch. Um, he's a good guy, I think, actually, if you were going for a championship to have it towards the back of your, relation, your rotation, I think he would be an absolute great pickup for somebody. So give us a good prospect, and I feel like we're on our way. As for Felix, he got, he had only one start so far. Um, pitched against the Angels, gave up one earned run, had some errors behind him, of course, that ended up getting giving the Angels a couple more runs, got into the sixth inning, but uh, and I think they ended up winning the game, but uh, I don't remember if he got the win or not, but... Uh, yeah, so, so far, it's been pretty impressive. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm not getting too high hopes. Like, some fans, I feel like, are jumping on the rodeo thinking that the Mariners are a playoff team now. Uh, I just don't, I mean, I, I, in a lot of ways, I hope they're not because I feel like that's going to give us a false sense of of what what's happening, and, and I, I want to continue this rebuild. I mean, I'm not... This is the first year I've ever remember that they are fully committed to this kind of rebuild, and I hate that they have a little bit of success at the beginning of the season and throw that all away. So, you know, start trading some of their prospects because they want to get some more major league talent or something like that. That would be a mess to me. So um, me personally, I'm not getting too excited, but I'm a little excited. I feel like their offense, if it continues this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun season because – you're you're gonna score a lot of runs and that's gonna be really cool so um it's just like it's kind of like the old mariners when they used to be really good at hitting and not so good at pitching and then eventually it switched over when they moved to safeco to where there were only a pitching team in defense and their hitting was always terrible um so now it's kind of switched back and now this team looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch home run wise they're right now like they're number one in home runs number one in rbis number two in doubles number one in stolen bases number four in batting average those are all awesome on the flip side they're number 14 in era number 29 in fielding they have 16 airs already and that's five more than any other team so that's not a good sign but uh they've been a lot of fun to watch so far and um, I'm going to continue looking on and see what happens. Hopefully they can keep it going a little bit, at least be competitive the rest of the season or the whole season. And, um, you know, I still want them to trade the guys. I want some the guys who are having success, Jay Bruce, Mike Leak, you know, Edwin Encarnacion still hasn't really gotten going. But if he does, I'd love to see him trade those guys for some prospects to keep their rebuild going. So... Um, moving on to the Seahawks. Uh, so far, the last couple of weeks has not been super busy. Um, free agency's definitely died down a bunch. Uh, the team, uh, John Snyder did have an interview um, on 710 ESPN, as per usual. 
uh, in which he kind of talked about uh, wanting more draft picks and and um, Russell Wilson a little bit and Bobby Wagner uh, getting contract extensions and and also trying to like the idea of trying to get Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, and Frank Clark all together signed and what kind of strain that puts on the team and stuff like that. So it was kind of an interesting interview. I would say go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, more or less, you know, he kind of said that that's a tough thing to deal with. So he didn't say it was possible, impossible, but it would just be put a lot of strain on the team. So with that, Russell Wilson actually came out in the last week and put a, a deadline on his contract negotiations with the team saying that if they don't have a contract by April 15th, he will shut them down, shut down the negotiations until next year. Um, so that is amazing. That is, uh, in some ways to me, actually, it's a good thing because they always say in football, deadline spark action, uh, meaning that until a team has a reason to make a deal, they usually don't. Um, and that's just because I'm not sure why they don't want to spend the money. Um, I know that all guaranteed money has to go into an account like when you make a contract. So maybe that's part of it. Um, but I still think they're going to probably get this done. Um, from what I've heard, the Seahawks knew about this deadline before uh, he had released it to the public. So I'm a little less worried about it because of that. Um, but with that also said, you don't know. And Russell Wilson, some people are saying Russell Wilson's angling to be eventually franchised or traded before the draft. If he doesn't get a contract extension, like he's trying to gauge whether the team wants him, which I don't know that he needs to gauge that. The Seahawks want him, I guarantee you. So uh, it's just a matter of, you know, fitting all the money right, getting um, the numbers where the it's Seahawks are comfortable is what I feel like. Um, speaking of numbers, Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys, the defensive end, signed a $20 million plus dollar deal where he's getting paid $20 million a year or more. I think it's a little more, actually, um, which really doesn't bode well to me for Frank Clark and the Seattle Seahawks. It bodes really well for Frank Clark, but maybe not so much for the Seahawks. I think that there's a good chance um, – because Frank Clark has better, has more productivity in the last three years than Demarcus Lawrence, and is a year younger, he will want more money than Lawrence. And to me, I can't see paying a defensive player twenty million dollars plus per year unless that defensive player is Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt. And I don't feel like Frank Clark is that. Um, I'm more willing to pay Bobby Wagner. Um, because he's the leader of the defense. I don't feel that way about Frank Clark yet. Um, so I don't know. I might let him play on the franchise tag. Worst that happens is you pay him a little more than $20 million next year because I don't think it's going to go up that much over the next year. So that's a really interesting thing. Um, 
uh, another thing that, going back to John Schneider's interview, he mentioned that the team is in line to receive several compensation picks this year because it's based on the amount of free agents that you lost, the contracts they signed, and the free agents you've so far signed. They have not signed as many free agents as they lost. So right now, I think they're in line for a third. I want to say a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh or something like that um, based on losing Earl Thomas and some of the other guys that they lost. Um, They did sign a couple guys this week, um, including Cassius Marsh. But I think he doesn't count against that. So I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that and I'll get back to you guys on that. But I don't think he counts against it because if a player is released, then he's not. If it's just his contract expires, then he counts against it. But if he is released, he doesn't count against it. So it's kind of a weird way of doing it, but it makes some sense. The draft is quickly approaching on April 25th. Um, it's and I'll, I don't have right now. Like I've, I've. If you follow me on Twitter at underscore Rain City Sports, uh, you're more likely to get names and and like guys the Seahawks are watching and things like that. Um, I I tend to like have I have a, several following. I'm following several people that like are really in tune with all that, and I tend to retweet a lot of that. So. So if you want to see that stuff, like you just have to follow me. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get into it too much on the thing because I feel like every time most of that stuff, they don't end up drafting those guys. So um, once they draft, I'll go do profiles on each of those guys if you'd like. But I don't think I'm going to get too much into um, guessing who they're going to pick because they're the Seahawks. And... Chances are they're going to pick somebody besides who I think they're going to pick because they're smarter than I am. So I think that it's likely to me that they're going to trade back and get more draft picks. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded back twice, and I would like that actually because probably they'd gain a third and a fifth round pick to go with their picks already. Right now they only have four. So um, I would like to have them, yeah, if they have six or five, six – seven, eight. I mean, they usually have 10. So, so, uh, yeah, I think that I would like to see that maybe trade back a couple times, get some picks and then draft the only name I will throw out there. Taylor Rapp safety from UW Huskies. That guy, uh, I would like to see him draft and he had a pretty, um, what did they say? Bad time, I guess. Um, ran in the four sevens. 40 time at UW's uh, Pro Day the other day. Um, so he, everybody said he's dropped out of the first round, which is a good for the Seahawks, obviously. Um, he is from Beham. Um, in fact, he, he was in high school when I was living up there. So uh, it would be nice to see him come to Seattle. I don't know that's going to happen, but I can dream at this point. So there's the one name I will throw out there. Um, so I think that's probably mostly what I have for them. Still waiting to see if Doug Baldwin will retire. Um, had to have hernia surgery. Um, he's had, I think they said three surgeries so far this off season, which is kind of not great. I still want him to do what's best for him, but I got a lot of love for him. So hopefully he comes back and hopefully he's healthy. Um, but with all that said, 
it's time for the segment that's been sweeping the world. It's time. It's time. It's time to pass it to the homies. This is pass it to the homies. Thanks, Jared. So uh, this one's a little chaotic. Decided to record your Pass It to the Homies with friends while we were recording my new podcast, Chaos is a Ladder, Game of Thrones podcast. So we kind of had a discussion, got a little chaotic. Uh, before I get to to that, I will say my, my picks were, I would definitely start with Mookie Betts, right fielder, MVP, only 26 years old, uh, and then Noah Syndergaard. Uh, though I'm not super confident in the pitcher pick. Um, I looked up, did some research. You know, he's not as good as DeGrom, who's also on the Mets, but uh, at least he's five years younger. So I would go Noah Syndergaard. Um, and then, uh, like I said, we I recorded some of this with friends and got some uh, some other people's opinions. Uh, the conversation dissolved very quickly. But I had Ryan, Ricky, Blair, Darren, and Hook all together, so I, I threw it to them, and... Uh, now we can see what what uh, Ryan had to say. Ryan, you uh, who would you start a franchise with other than Trout if you had to pick one position player and one uh, pitcher? Oh, How would you just take uh, a- for pos- for position player? I think I would buy into the hype and take uh, Glad Glad Jun- uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Excuse me. Oh, you're gonna since go he's, since in the- he's so young. I would uh, I've. Been reading so much about him, I'd buy into the hype with that. I don't know about pitcher, but that's position player I would take. No, they haven't brought him up right yet because they're holding him back like they did with Chris Bryant. So they have his yeah, like a whole yeah, He's like 19, right? So you, if he's as good as the hype, then you're gonna have a stud for the next 15 years. Yeah, they'll have like control for like seven years if they like wait till after because they do with Chris Bryant too. You like wait, yeah. And then after a certain date, you get a whole extra year of control. I didn't think I was like, real. I went Mookie Betts was who I would have chosen. That's like, I took Aaron Judge to be the content. Aaron Judge. Seven shots of Clay, too, something like that. Seriously? I want cigarette. I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. Because what does a cigarette equate to? One cigarette is like an hour? One cigarette's like one cigarette. Yeah, so Vlad Guerrero Jr. turned 20 last month. <laughs> you guys are holding your microphones, having just like a your own little conversation yeah, outside. Look, anyway. that is a strong margarita. That's strong. a hot margarita. <laughs> Vlad Guerrero, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think about that. You're going super young. Yeah, he turned 20 last month. So if he's as, as billed, like they're saying he could be the next Griffey, the way that he plays. Mookie? Mookie's already had, he's 26. He's already had three really, really good years in the majors and was MVP. Cool so I feel like with him, you, you know you're going to get probably another four or five really good years. Yeah, but it's going to take you four or five years to build your franchise up. So you're going to have a star who will be exiting his prime. <laughs> Not me. That's I want to win right away. I don't know. Never heard that one? Yeah, Jamoke. The only time winning right away has ever worked was at the uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. Every team sucks for three years in all the professional sports. I mean, the Houston Texans were pretty good right away, weren't they? With the Carolina Panthers. With Carr? Are you kidding me? I thought David Carr was pretty good. Jacksonville made it like their second year to the conference finals. That's true. They did do that. I forgot about that. That is true. It's called the AFC Championship game, Ricky. Okay. All right. Well, that was all I could get out of everybody, Jared. So uh, we'll pass it back to you and hear what you had to say. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Matt, for that. I appreciate you guys uh, weighing in on that. Um, the question this week 
was uh, if you could start a team with any two players that are not Mike Trout and you had to pick a pitcher and a batter, who would you pick? And so uh, with that, I thought um, when I was thinking about this, uh, I I wanted to go young, obviously, because if you're starting a franchise, you're not going to you're not going to pick somebody that's, uh, you know, 30 years old because you're not probably plan on winning plus you want them a long time so uh when i started thinking about a little more i decided um that i when i was thinking about hitters i said okay the guys that i think are contenders for sure would be a guy like um shohei otane because he's a pitcher and a hitter um but he's been injured um and just kind of falling in that same category is Corey seager not a pitcher obviously but a hitter shortstop um, but has uh, has played pretty well in the past, but was injured most of last year and, and starting to this year. Um, a guy like Carlos Correa um, or Francisco Lindor, both guys shortstops, one for Houston and one for Cleveland. Both of those guys like could be possibilities. They'd be great possibilities. Both are pretty young um, and both have had success in the past. So makes you think like hey what are they going to do or you know they're it's a good bet to continue that so then i got to after continuing my research i got to uh to the guy i picked and that's uh his name is ronald acuna jr of the atlanta braves he's only 21 years old as of opening day played 111 games last year with a 293 average um had 26 home runs and 16 stolen bases um played lights out um and can play defense can base run can run the bases real well um like i said only 21 years old um he's 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 just he just looks like maybe he's complete package so and whereas uh gabby guerrero i think is the vladimir guerrero's son like is he's 20 years old or whatever but and he's got a lot of hype built around him, but he hasn't actually done anything in the pros yet. And sometimes it doesn't transfer so well. Like, I mean, if I think about Jesus Montero and I think about uh, Justin Smoke and those guys that had like a ton of hype around them, um, they didn't end up panning out too much. So with that, I chose Ronald Acuna Jr. as my base runner or my base, my uh, position player. And then when I started thinking about pitcher, I was looking at some things from last year. And the Phillies pitcher, uh, Aaron Nola, popped out to me. He was 17-6 with a 2.3 ARA last year. Uh, pitched really, really, really well. Although he's 26 years old, which is not old by any means. But when you think about your team, um, he might be just a little bit older than what you'd want. Um, so... Uh, and also, that was his first good season. He had pitched three previous seasons. Um, so that kind of made me wonder a little bit. Um, but then I started diving a little more. Uh, obviously, it, Shohei Itane was still in my head because he's a pitcher also. And uh, he, but the injuries, you know, he hasn't played at all yet this year. Um, so, you know, I, I couldn't pick him. But. So led to me to choosing um, his name is Walker Bueller of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, looking into my research here, 
He plays pitched in 23 games last in, last year with the 2.6 ERA, and even more impressive was his first 12 starts. He had a 1.55 ERA, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, pitched in the World Series and won, um, or I guess had a had a really good performance. Maybe they didn't win, but um, he 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 has a fastball between 96 and 100 miles an hour. Um, and also sit like three other pitches that are plus pitches, supposedly. Um, I, I know I've seen him pitch and I just can't remember necessarily, um, what I thought, but, um, I think he, they, they, I mean, I think he, he would be the guy because he's only 24. So he could, you know, potentially be on your team for 10 years and still be pretty good. Um, and then if you pair him with Ronald Acuna, then you got, you know, one on either side that's going to dominate for years to come, hopefully. So I think that's where I sit for that. Um, I appreciate you guys' input. Thanks uh, thanks for getting involved. Uh, I think we'll move on. Okay, so on to the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Washington Huskies. Um, the last episode, we talked about the Huskies, or at least I wrote in the, the comments because I just watched it. Huskies lost to the North Carolina Tar Heels in the round of 32 uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, mostly that was based on rebounding. I feel like they played pretty good just, or they played okay, but they could not rebound at all. So they went down. Meanwhile, the Gonzaga Bulldogs went into the Elite Eight, beat the, went to the, through, the six, three, through the Sweet 16, and into the Elite Eight against Texas Tech. Um... I watched that full game. Uh, I felt like I felt like Gonzaga missed some opportunities to make some wide open threes earlier in the game. Uh, it was pretty close throughout the whole game, um, and that might have made a difference to me. Um, they ended up losing by I think seven, uh, which in part was due to a technical foul with about 20 seconds left by the point guard Perkins of the Gonzaga. And what happened is he reached out of balance, out of bounds to uh, knock a ball away from a guy who was inbounding. He was moving the ball around, and I think it was mostly like uh, just out of out of uh, instinct that he reached out and knocked it down, got called for a technical, which was two shots and the ball. So that kind of put the game away for them. Um, Perkins was pretty distraught after the game. Uh, but, you know, because he, he was a senior part of it, I think, and so it was his last game, and he felt like he was the reason they lost the game. I don't believe that. I think that um, in reality, they, like I said, they, they had some wide-open threes they should have made, uh, and Texas Tech played a damn good game. They're a great defense, so it was a great game. It was a disappointing end to the season for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, but to me, Gonzaga will be back there next year. They still have things to prove, obviously. They need to win a title eventually. Um, also, North Carolina lost, which pretty much destroyed my bracket because I had Gonzaga and North Carolina in the championship. Uh, but So I don't know if you guys are still following along on that. If you joined the bracket with us um, and you're still in it, let me know. Uh, tweet me or something. Um, also Duke lost, which was nice. They lost to Michigan state. So the final four is set. It's a uh, Michigan state against Texas tech. And then also, and that is actually taking place probably right at this moment, Virginia was playing Auburn and they beat them. 
So uh, it is actually Virginia into the championship game for sure. And I, I feel like Michigan State will probably be there. Uh, but I'll, under, I'll underestimate Texas Tech until the cows come home, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so far, that's what that's where we're at. The championship is happening, uh, I think, Monday, maybe. Um, but should be a good game. Should be a good Final Four. I was watching, but um, then I came to do this instead. So, uh, I, I really want to thank you guys for listening. I really want to thank you for for, uh, you know, being a part of this show. I promise it's only going to get better. I promise that the sound will get better. I, I feel like each week there's a new struggle with sound, and I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not last week. I felt like there was an echo this week. Who knows? Um, I always listen back before I release it, but sometimes it sounds different when I get it out there. I don't know why, but... Um, Maybe if you have some tips for me, send me it, send me it on Twitter or uh, at underscore Rain City Sports, or you can email the network, which is Northern State Podcasting at gmail.com. Um, also, check out my buddies. Uh, that's Matt and Ricky and the crew over at, at uh, Fairweather Friends Podcast. They're available on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, as are we, obviously. Um, and you know, I, I really want to thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate all your support and, uh, you know, I think I'm out We're I think we're heading out for the week. I'll also maybe try to fit one more episode in, but then I'll be out of town for a couple weeks. So, uh, until next time, stay safe, have fun. Love you guys.